Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Nice to have you. Uh, Navinovska says he's got a full uh, fish bites uh, report for us coming up here in just a few minutes. That's still the case, right? Absolutely. We'll look forward to that. Uh, after the top of the hour, I didn't really give a rundown of the show this week, but Darren DuBlois, who was on with us last week to talk cougars, will rejoin us and we'll talk bears this week. It's kind of funny. Bears have been late to get out of their out of their dens. Uh, we don't know at this point, obviously, whether they were you know not able to claw their way through the snowpack or whether they just poked their head out and went, nah, nothing to eat here. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to bed, uh, which happened to me a few times when the uh, garage or when the uh, driveway needed to be plowed with a foot of snow. I just, eh, it'll melt off by tomorrow. I'll go back to bed. Happened to me all the time down in Laverkin. I'm sure. Never. I should. I should have learned through the years never to have those conversations with you. Uh, so we'll look forward to those two things coming up. Also, in the next hour, we'll be checking in with, uh, in our final half hour, Tim Ryan from the Row 4 ALS Group. They're headed up to Jordanell this weekend to do some more training on the water. So if you happen by there and you see this really awesome-looking rowboat out in the middle of Jordanelle, and it looks like they're doing a full rescue operation. <laughs> it's a self-rescue as they get ready for their trek across the Pacific Ocean. Wanted to uh, bring in a guest here to talk with the National Ability Center. We do that from time to time because we love this uh, this place and all the work that they do behind the scenes to help so many people from so many different walks of life. But they have their annual barn party coming up. And uh, Marcy Bender is with us. She's the Equestrian Program Senior Manager at the National Ability Center. Nice to have you for a few minutes here, Marcy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Give us a little background on the barn party itself. Yeah, so the barn party is our big fundraiser that we have every year that really highlights the equestrian program here at the National Ability Center. And this year it is planned for Saturday, June 3rd, starting at 4 o'clock. Tickets have been on sale since April 24th, but you can get tickets online. And this is a really important event for us because it helps cover the cost of taking care of our horses. Um, Cost for horse care, like so many other things in the economy (laughs) in the last few years, have really skyrocketed. And it costs us over... um, 
a year to feed and take care of our horses. So the barn party is a super great opportunity for people to kind of see what their donations go to in person. Um, You know, we do a lot of great social media and everything, but it's a little bit more fun to to be here in person and kind of have that ranch feel, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, and it really does feel like that when you get up there. Bob, I asked you before we jumped in if you had any experience in the past with uh, the NAC. You said many years ago. Well, yeah, back in the 90s when I was more involved in the ski industry, um, you know, in Park Mm -hmm. City, uh, worked with a few of the folks up there, but... You know, I've always been um, so impressed with what they do, with their accomplishments. Yeah. Um, people probably know the NAC, the National Ability Center, Marcy, for their skiing and their adaptive yeah. skiing work, uh, but may not yeah. be all that familiar with the uh, work that the equestrian side does. Walk people through some of the therapies, really, that this provides for uh, people, from kids with autism all the way through. Sure. So the equestrian program here at the National Ability Center is unique in Utah in that we are an accredited program through our professional organization for um, my specific specific niche of the adaptive sports industry, but it's called the Professional Association for Therapy of Horsemanship International. And so um, as part of that organization, we uphold the industry standards and we actually have um, site visitors come and kind of inspect and verify that we're following those standards. But we offer two different types of equine assisted services right now. The they're, And they're basically equal in volume at this point. Um, adaptive horseback riding, which is horseback riding lessons, so they're skill-based with adaptations for each individual's physical, cognitive, or emotional needs. Um, You might not see a lot of obviously adaptive, like, tack or equipment on the horse, but we use a lot of um, volunteer support that's, aside from always needing to gain more horses and grow our herd, we are always looking for volunteers to help support on the lessons. And the other main program that we do is called Equine Assisted Learning. And that is uh, unmounted program, interacting with the horses mainly through nonverbal body language, you know, because horses can't talk verbally to us. So um, we have to learn to be more observant and communicate with them um, in a way that helps them feel comfortable and safe. Yeah, I, So those I, are our two main programs, but we do it inside all year round as well as out, outdoors when the weather is nicer. I, I brought up autistic kids because sometimes, and in many cases, they're nonverbal. So mm-hmm. this seems like the perfect yeah. interaction for them with the animals themselves. But it's going to take a special horse to do that, too. Oh, absolutely. And that is um, one of our unique challenges. The, the horses that work here... Um, they have to be a lot more flexible and patient than often a horse that has, you know, one owner and they they have the same interaction with that person every time they see them. Our horses here get to work with hundreds of people throughout the year, as well as um, all of our different staff members and volunteers. And um, so they have to be pretty careful and make good decisions when they maybe sometimes get mixed signals from the different people that are interacting with them. You mentioned the cost of uh, maintaining the animals, keeping them fed and housed and all of that, but I I was looking Mm -hmm. at the number of equestrian lessons that were taught. Was was this just (laughs) last year? 1,700? 
Yeah, yeah, that's um, in in one year. Um, the and that is, you know, just a fraction of what we do here at the National Ability Center. For our whole organization, we provided over nineteen thousand experiences mm. um, in the last year. But the in the equestrian program. Um, we do run year round and the horses, they get breaks in between sessions and um, time to, they live outside. So they just get to be horses, but um, they work with a lot of different people. And um, we work really hard to carefully match each participant with just the right horse so that they have um, a safe and fun and good learning experience yeah. with us. Russ Smith uh, is not with us this morning, but he and I through the years have had some great experiences just going to some of these fundraisers and being inspired yeah. uh, by people, <laughs> particularly the military side, that uh, find, some yeah. re- find some relief either with injuries that they've sustained in battle or, uh, you know, even if it's just a PTSD situation, getting out on a horse can make yeah. a big difference. Absolutely. And even even just interacting with horses can be very regulating for all of our participants, but we do serve a lot of veterans and active duty military through our programs here. And um, coming to a place where, you know, horses, we can interact with horses and they they don't carry judgment against us like maybe some folks experience um, out in the community. And so it can be a really safe and and healing environment for people. Yeah. We wanted to give people a heads up and give them time to make some plans, but it's uh, Saturday, June 3rd, and it will be 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the National Ability Center Ranch, which I think is great. People can come up and actually see what goes on there. uh, And it really is a great experience. Give people information on how they can get tickets and the best way to be able to do that. Absolutely. So the the best way to get tickets for the Barn Party event is to check out our website, which is www.discovernac.org, and go to the events tab. And there'll be a place there where you can buy tickets ahead of time. But the my favorite part about the Barn Party is just that it is really a family-friendly event. And Guests are encouraged to dress in their like best Western theme attire. We have a, a kid zone with a petting zoo and lots of different activities. So um, there's things for all different ages. And um, I think the most popular activity that we have is actually um, the mechanical bull. So <laughs> we'll have all kinds of different things. It's super um, active and we have a dinner, really good barbecue, and um, there will be a fundraising section with a video presentation and interview of our featured um, participant, Hallie, who will be telling her story with her family. And it's just a really great way to have a good time, support the mission, and um, spend time with your friends and family. Yeah, great idea. June 3rd, 4 to 10, and you'll find more information at discovernac.org. Just look at events there and, and uh Click on the barn party. It is so great to have you on this morning, Marcy. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. We will uh, take a break and we'll come back. We'll have more in just a minute. Fish bites right around the corner with Navidomskis, so stay right there. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. She catches too. Hey, Bubba. Hey, Bubba. She fishes better than you. You know, one of the benefits of uh, camping right along the Weber River is, and especially with it as high as it is right now, you might be able just to throw a line right out the front door of the RV <laughs> at some well, point. The- the river keeps everybody away, so I can sing "Hey Baba" and not hurt anybody's ears. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true too. Hey, couple yeah. of couple of notes, and I'm not going to eat up all your time, so don't panic here. Uh, but the division passed along some information that the West Fork of the Duchesne is going to be closed from May 15th to July 8th. I wanted to make sure everybody is uh, aware of that. They do it every year, uh, starting at six o'clock in the morning on May 15th. So that's already occurred. Uh, right, uh, a few days ago, because of the spawning Colorado River cutthroat trout, they don't want you messing up their reds, I guess. Um, the closure applies to the confluence with Wolf Creek upstream to the headwaters, excluding Wolf Creek. So keep that in mind as you head out. And then uh, if you get a chance, Navi, I know you're retired and uh, have other things in mind, but I posted some reports on uh, our Facebook page, which is KSL Outdoors Radio, because the division just picked, uh, finished up their spring sport fish sampling on Newcastle Reservoir. And there's some pictures of some beautiful fish. Most of the wipers surveyed range from 4 to 10 pounds and 14 to 27 inches. Uh, they also found several healthy smallmouth bass in great condition, weighing some of them close to 2 pounds. And there's some pictures on there that'll make you pretty excited about heading down there, especially for those wipers. They're massive. Yeah. Um, by the way, that closure for the cutthroat has always been. That's never yeah. not been the case. Yeah, right. The West Fork's always been shut down before July anyway. Yeah. So hopefully people right, just so, remember that. Yeah. Okay. So I want to remind the audience that we're on Thursday, and this is Saturday morning. And I'm telling you, get your rod and get in the car because strawberry is breaking. Strawberry's fishing great. Um, it, it, it started to pull away last weekend, the ice I'm talking about. And now it's just exponentially happening. So it's going to be good fishing from now to Memorial Day. And I I remember this. We used to have a fishing season. You used to hope the ice stayed close until the 31st. The Saturday of the a Memorial was always opening day. But you could fish it earlier now, but the ice hasn't let us. So it is ice off. And I'm going to teach you how to fish ice off right now. First off, um, if you're a spin fisherman, if you're a fly fisherman, it's no different. I still recommend waders. I think you do better from a, a needy cast, but you're going to throw it out to the ice, even onto the ice if you want, but just short of the ice. And more importantly, slack your line. A lot of people keep it stiff 
are taut and the line comes in at a bad angle and you miss the fish. So when you throw it out to the ice, let it slack, let it get down and then retrieve it. Doesn't have to be fast. Little slow is actually good. The color is important. Black and purple are my two favorite colors. But the water that's coming into strawberry this year is more brown than normal. So I would also recommend brown. But those are the colors, black, purple, and brown. Um, one of my favorite ones is a, is a pattern I tie. It looks like a leech. And it's both purple and black, and it's just deadly. And by the way, um, if you're not a fly fisherman, jigs. Just get some jigs, some, um, um, I say, quarter-ounce jigs, and black or purple, and you're going to do just fine. The other thing, I got a hot tip just recently on Jordan L, uh, where the you know the the rowers are going to be this weekend. But um, it's fishing great, and um, my my uh, buddies went there and they used my, one of my patterns. I, I call it a Lake Ray, Ray Charles, because um, even a blind man can catch a fish on it. But it's mostly it's pink and it's a shrimp. So if you do shrimp patterns, uh, the one we use is about a size 12 hook. Uh, maybe a size 10 hook and you know pretty good retrieve they're only four feet under so between three and nine feet three and six feet i think you're going to find all the fish but they were in double figures the first half hour so it's really good and i i can't always say jordan now is really good but for whatever reason it's fishing great and they're catching lots of cokes mostly rainbows but i would say a third of everything they're catching is the kokanee and by the way, take those babies home because they're delicious and there's zero mercury and they're going to die anyway. So after they spawn, they die. So go ahead and take those cokes home. And Jordanelle is fishing really well. But my call is get yourself to strawberry. Yeah. And anywhere along the bank where you can still see ice, the gap between ice and bank is ideal because all the fish under the ice congregate in the open water and they're cruising around trying to put on some fast stores that they lost to the winter well i don't want to spoil this for you but by the time this airs uh there may not be any ice to find i we got a post a couple of days ago actually it was a couple of hours ago and again we're recording thursday from dave webb an old friend used to uh, be on this show with me and uh he posted some pictures they're in boats he said we had a productive evening at strawberry uh, he said, uh, we caught nice cutthroat trout, smaller rainbows. The sky was partly cloudy. When the sun came out, it felt like a summer afternoon and it was just like nice to be out there on a beautiful, peaceful day. So, uh, they've already got boats on. There isn't much ice in the back of those pictures. So it may be gone by the time you get up there. Well, that doesn't mean they won't be biting. Get to the Soldier, Hall, Soldier Creek side. That's where the ice is. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for Fish Bites. Stand by. Coming up after the top of the hour, we'll be checking in with, uh, Darren DuBois, he was on with us last week to talk cougars. This week we're talking bears. They have some concerns because the bears are late to get out of hibernation. I would be too with all that snow out my front door. But uh, their concern is for the health of the bears and then the fact that they're going to be so darn hungry that if they encounter any kind of food source or something that smells tasty, they're going to go looking for it. So anyway, that conversation. But first, a news update here on KSL News Radio. Don't go away. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought 
There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.